Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. Voyage Through the Bible. We're on a car ferry between the Upper Peninsula and the Lower Peninsula of Michigan. We're on the Straits of Mackinac, and we're between 1920 and 1940. This is way before the bridge was created. Michigan is divided, as we've said, in the Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula, and many people thereafter say the UP, or they may say the LP, dealing with the Lower Peninsula. The Upper Peninsula at one time in history was the wealthiest part of Michigan. The fur trade was active, streaming out of the Upper Peninsula, and they found mineral mining very rich, and the early stages of shipping became very important. It was a time of bonanza in those early days, and they even thought about making the capital of Michigan in the Upper Peninsula. Of course, it never happened, but it was still a thought. The car ferry at sunrise. In the distant shore, you could see, but if you looked into the water, it was like looking forever. It was shining, glistening on the water, the sunrise as it was coming, and we're crossing the Straits of Mackinac, and looking into the distance, it was like looking in forever. Voyaging through the Bible, the quest of this overview is to explain to a doubting heart what a new heart looks like and that we really can have new beginnings. We have a plan to show you through the stories, many aspects of God's dealing with the human race, past, present, and future. We're looking at the enabling power of God to save the worst and the very best. I was called on to do something that could be considered difficult. A friend of mine had a virus. He succumbed to it, and he went to be with the Lord. And because I knew this man for many years, they asked me to do the funeral, to preach the funeral. Just a little story. This was taking up Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and then thereafter some other times. On Saturday, I went to the daughter's house. Her and her husband have five kids. It's a very loud house. Uh, they had three dogs and two cats. And the kids are congenial with each other, but they're loud. And people are doing many things. The wife, whose husband had passed away, went to be with the Lord, was there with her dog. So every one of these dogs greeted me, wanting me to pat, pet them. But in the middle of this, we found out 
the direction they wanted the funeral to go in. I told them what I thought, and there was an imparting of peace in that household that day. It was words of comfort, because after all, two years before, I had gone through a similar situation. And I know what the high road of mourning and the comfort I had received, so I wanted to share it with them. So at the funeral on a Sunday afternoon, they gave me permission to put this on the podcast. The resurrection is coming. Jesus taught the disciples about his death, burial, and resurrection. At the time this was happening, the disciples were in mourning and sorrow because this, we have hope in the present time, both now and then. In Matthew 28.10, he gives us an illustration of coming to him in the time of trouble. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is at the resurrection of the tomb. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hope and peace are near. I know sorrow Yet in the middle of it, you can have hope. Hope will come. Hope is to know the resurrection power with us here and now. Now the resurrection story. They recognized that Jesus was on the shore. The disciples were fishing. There was a fire built, fish were cooking, breakfast was, meal was ready to be had. And then later on, there were 500 who saw Jesus ascend to heaven. An angel then spoke to them as Jesus was ascending, and he said, in like manner, he will come again emphasizing the fact that he will come again. At that moment, Stephen, the first martyr, was being stoned to death, and the heavens opened, and Jesus welcomed him by standing up as a point of honor. As all of us, being born again, are received with the same kind of honor as sons and daughters of the Lord. In John 14, 1-7, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you with me, that you will be with me where I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, 
so that you do not grieve like the rest of the mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again so that we believe that God will bring Jesus and those who have fallen asleep with him. Jeremiah 31, 13. I give them comfort and joy. Jesus is the resurrection, and he goes before us to our Galilee. My friend has gone to his Galilee, and he's now before the throne. Our Galilee is to continue on knowing that Jesus is the resurrection and that he is, my friend, is with him now. Sorrow and mourning are to be expected. Sorrow and mourning are the nature, ex, natural expressions of loss of loved ones. Sorrow and mourning over a period of time should become an expression of memory and turn into positive memory. It isn't brought into check by leaning on people around you and leaning on the Lord and making a conscious decision to have an uplifting version of sorrow and mourning. Somehow or another, we have to lift ourselves from shame and guilt and even a sense of responsibility for the loved one not being with us. When we remove these things from our life, we can move more toward a sense of joy. I want to direct your attention to the fact that even though it's right to mourn and have sorrow, you also have the right to have a life full of good memories, and the pain of sorrow and mourning should lessen and finally disappear. We're going to pray. Romans 10.10, 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth, your profession of your faith, to be saved. I acknowledge that this moment was a very tender moment. In this particular group of 200 people, there were a majority of them that didn't know the Lord. So I begin to ask, in this tender moment, you could turn your heart to the Lord and he could give you salvation. I said, we're not going to ask for hands, but I'm asking for hearts right now to turn to the Lord. Now we're about to pray, but I want everybody in the room to raise your hands and point them toward the family that's grieving. Some of you didn't raise your hands. I would like everyone to raise your hands. I would like your hands raised, and we're praying for comfort. And in the name of Jesus, that comfort would be the part of this family, that we, they would be a sense of release from the pain that they're going through, and your peace would reside over this whole situation. I want to tell you there was a sense of release in the family. The tension seemed to be lifted, and they seemed to have some kind of comfort raised throughout the whole family at that very time. The next day, we're in committal. 
That means we were at, at the graveside. They didn't want a long sermon. They didn't want a lot of conversation. Let me draw you a picture. It was the committal service before the burial. It was snowing. It was cold. The whole family is huddled around. They don't want it to be a long service. It was a very uncomfortable place. At the moment, I only had three verses. I didn't have a conversation. I quoted these three verses, then I started to talk about rehearsing the fact that their loved one is with the Lord and that we will be there some point ourselves. As Jesus said at the resurrection, I will meet my servants in Galilee. So our loved one has met the Lord in his Galilee and will be there sometime in the future. From my own experience, I have lost a loved one to be with the Lord a few years before this, and I know there's pain and sorrow and grief, but I need to come to an understanding that we should not have anyone to blame. If we come to a question mark, one question is why did they go to so soon? Instead of throwing it into God's face, we should just say, I don't know, and then turn around and say, Lord, you do know. This saves us from the bondage of accusation and puts us into a framework of trusting God, even though we may not understand all the details of what had happened. I can say to the Lord, I trust you. There will be times when questions will arise. Your life will become difficult for a moment. You turn around with the best of your ability and say, I don't know, Lord, you know, and quietly worship the Lord. Then you turn your eyes in imagination to the good times you had and your, with your loved one and begin to show through your mind's eye your great appreciation that you have done together. Make a statement, I will not live in the land of pain, in the land of shame, in the land of regret. I will not blame anyone, but instead I will take the high road of mourning and sorrow instead of the low road. Since then, I have been with the family because they're my friends. The woman was my wife's best friend. My daughter considers her her sister. So the closeness of this situation is just not an obligation. It's a family matter. And I continue to encourage them to take the high road of mourning. And I see them beginning to break loose and take this high road even now. For you who are mourning, I ask there be a breakthrough to peace in each one of your lives. No matter what your regrets are and no matter where you have placed yourself, I expect that you allow the Lord to shine his grace and peace upon you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethroughthebible.org.